Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. We continue our study in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and we are, as many of you know, on our third list of nine items that Paul has given us to cause us to think. Think, think, think. The first list in verses 4 and 5 were nine hardships, trials, and areas of suffering that the Apostle Paul had experienced as a minister of the gospel on a pretty regular basis. And he's telling us that hardship Trials and sufferings are not foreign to serving Christ, but are actually an expected part of it. The second list in verses 6 and 7 are nine graces or enablements needed to overcome suffering. If suffering is an expected part of the Christian life, and even more so as we are more committed to the service of Christ, more dedicated to obeying the Lord, following him, and being fruitful in his service. Just the opposite of what many people think, that those who are the most dedicated Christians ought to be sheltered from suffering. That suffering is to be reserved only for those who are disobedient. But Paul is teaching us just the opposite. Though he does not, he does not imply that the disobedient are going to going to somehow be removed from the chastening hand of God, far from it. But nevertheless, hardships and trials and sufferings are not reserved for the disobedient, but are in fact a part of the life of those who are committed to Christian service. And that being true, and it obviously is true, You can't deny that that is what the Scripture teaches. That being true, then we better take a close look at that list of nine graces and enablements that are needed to overcome suffering. And, of course, we've already done that. And so now we come and are even now working our way through the third list in verses 8 through 10, which which are paradoxes, nine paradoxes of ministry. We could call these perplexities of the Christian life. The Christian life can be exceedingly perplexing at times. And there are many things that are difficult to figure out. I had a conversation just recently with 
a Christian, a, a dear lady who's been a Christian for many, many, many years, and she said, I just can't understand why God would allow so-and-so, and she mentioned uh, another fine Christian lady, would allow so-and-so to suffer the way she has. She has, she is so dedicated to the Lord, and she has such amazing talents and gifts to be used for the Lord, and now she's not able to do that. Well, we all see things like that, and we all wonder about things like that. And though the Bible tells us that we should not be surprised, nevertheless, it is perplexing. That's the point I'm making. It is perplexing at times. I don't doubt God's wisdom. I don't doubt God's right to do these things. I don't doubt that God has a plan, but it sure doesn't make sense to me. It's very perplexing. Yes, that's why we need to understand these nine paradoxes of ministry. And so we will continue on that list on this Monday, February 27. I'm glad you could join us today, and I'm very thankful for those who are willing to help us with the financial cost of maintaining this broadcast on this station. You may remember that the nine paradoxes of the Christian's life are divided into two parts, the first being four paradoxes of reputation and the second, five paradoxes of circumstances. The paradoxes of reputation, which I will not return to except just to list them and summarize them quickly, could be described as foibles of honor, shallowness of human opinion, misconception of critics, and fickleness of fame. And what they all really boil down to, even though they're little differences in each one of these. But what they all really boil down to is we've got to quit being so concerned about what other people think. That's what it boils down to. All of us, some to a great degree, some to a lesser degree, but all of us are more concerned than we should be about what are other people thinking about us? What are other people saying about us? That's something that every Christian needs to overcome by the help and grace of God. Get rid of that mentality. Yes, you want to have a good testimony in the community, but the way to maintain a good testimony in the community is to be obedient and faithful to God. It's not to keep your ear to the ground and say, what is so-and-so saying about me? What are these people saying about me? What do these people think about me? Oh, I've got to change and adjust in order to have a better reputation with these people. No, 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 no. Just keep your eyes on Christ and make sure that you are working at having a I wouldn't call it a better reputation with Christ. I would say a better track record with Christ, that you are being as obedient, as submitted, as dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ as you can possibly be. And if that be the case, people with the same heart are going to appreciate you. They are going to esteem you. And people who don't have a heart for God are not. And what are you going to do about that? Are you going to change something so that people who don't love the Lord like they should are going to approve of you? Of course not. So quit worrying about what other people think. But then we move on to the second list, which is 
Five Paradoxes of Circumstances. And I'm going to read now the whole list, starting at one, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceiving and yet true, by unknown and yet well-known. And then we move into the five paradoxes of circumstances. As dying, and behold, we live. As chastened, and yet not killed. That's the first two that we've already covered. Paul considered himself to be dying while he was living. His life was a living death, always near death, always in constant danger, but preserved by the power of God. And he continued to live on, incredibly, after who knows how many close calls. Nevertheless, God brought him through. And we need to have that mentality. So a living death. And then number two, protected danger. Chastened, this is the father's Heavenly Father's child discipline, chastened, but not unto death. Even the Apostle Paul said he was chastened. All Christians are chastened. The Lord chastens every son whom he receives. Isn't that what the Bible says? If you are a child of God, you are going to be chastened, disciplined, corrected by God. That is that is an inevitable part of the Christian life. Don't try to avoid it. What are you going to do to avoid it? The only way you can avoid child chastening is to not be a child of God. But it's too late for that if you already are. So you, you're not going to be able to avoid it. So recognize it, but recognize that God is doing it for your good as well as Christ's glory. It's going to bring... It's going to bring improvement in your Christian life. And God is shaping you and making you and molding you into a better servant of Christ. Then, paradox of circumstance number three, we could call joyful sorrow. How do you put those two things together? Paul does, in verse 10, he says, As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. How is that possible? Obviously, it is possible. Paul said he was doing it. Why don't I ever do that? That's a good question, but we need to learn to. Joyful sorrow. Our lives, Paul is telling us as Christians, are a perpetual mixture of joy and sorrow, but not like the world's sorrow. We have a different perspective, a different understanding, a different enablement, a different presence, the indwelling Holy Spirit. So it's not like the world's sorrow. And the world attempts to deal with its sorrow by artificial mirth and entertainment and distractions. Primarily, that's the way unconverted people deal with their sorrows. Some of them, of course, get into drugs and alcohol in order to distract them from their sorrows. And many of the sorrows of the world are because of sin and its consequences in their lives. It isn't it amazing how that people will get their lives really messed up by a lot of bad choices which they have made, and then somehow question God. Why has God allowed me to get into this situation? Well, 
it's a it's a big theological issue to delve into that. But why don't you concentrate more on the bad decisions you have made, the sins that you have willfully committed, the consequences of your own wrongdoing that you are suffering, and deal with that. Why are you passing that off on God? But that's human nature, isn't it? But Christians who are living for the Lord are going to have sorrows, which have to do as much as anything with the burdens of life and the compassion, concern, and care and love that they have for others. The reason some people avoid close relationships is because close relationships are always, at some point, accompanied by sorrows. If you are married, you are going to have some sorrows that you won't have if you're not married, if you're single. They will pertain to your spouse. And the more you love your spouse, the more painful some of those sorrows will be, as when your spouse gets sick and maybe dies because of that illness. And you lose someone that you're very close to, and that causes great grief and sorrow. And, of course, the same thing can be true of children. And that's that's difficult. That's painful. And if you don't know how to deal with it, with God's help and grace, if you don't have that capacity, then you may come to the conclusion that it's better to avoid those relationships. And so people go through life refusing to make any meaningful relationships, just shallow, casual relationships, because they're trying to avoid the pain. But that's not the way to do it. Life, as a Christian understands it, is a mixture of joy and sorrows, and the sorrows are part of God's purpose in our lives, and there is greater joy that will overcome the sorrows. And we need to learn about that, and we'll take it up again, Lord willing, on the broadcast tomorrow. Until then, good day. May God give you his eternal peace.